Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. We are going to read Genesis chapter 4. We read verse 1, verse 2, verse 23, as we look at the meaning of the names of the sons of Adam and Eve. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, that's the first son, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord, verse 2. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground, verse 25. We jump down now to look at Seth. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth. For God said, he has appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. Now, when we look at the story of Adam and Eve, you know, I mean, it is clear when you read those stories as we unfold to us that Cain was the evil son, was the <laughs> dark horse in the house, whereas Abel is the good son. But their name seems to suggest something intriguing, and this is where we are looking at this. So we are going to take a closer look at this. When we read that Genesis chapter 4 that we just read, there's something that we noticed that number one, Eve connected both the name of Cain and Seth connected it to God. But that was not the case with respect to the name of Abel. I mean, I'm very sure <laughs> most people will not want to call their children, their son by the name of Cain. But we want, obviously because of what Cain did, but we want to look at that name standalone on his own, Cain, Abel, and Seth. Okay, what does Cain actually mean? That word Cain, what does it mean? It means possession. Cain actually means possession, to possess. And the Bible tells us why Eve named the first son Cain. He said, for I have gotten a man from the Lord. You see how that name of Cain was connected to the Lord. I mean, obviously, they've had the terrible experience of rebelling against God, being judged and being evicted from the garden in Eden. And now they had a child and they named him Cain, a possession. I have gotten a man from the Lord. And by giving this name, Eve, and obviously Adam, they recognized the fact that their son, Cain, was a gift from God. And they received him as such, as a gift from God. And they gave him that name, Cain, which means possession. What about Seth? The name Seth actually means compensation. Obviously, that was after Abel has been killed. And we'll come to that story. I mean, we've been bumping on it inevitably. We cannot go through this story without jumping up and down, really. But that name set means compensation. And again, Eve said, God has appointed me another offspring. Again, Eve connected the son, said, to God and said, God gave him to me. God appointed me another offering in place of Abel for Cain killed him. So it's a in other words, God compensated me. God saw my pain. God saw my, 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 you know, what happened to me. God saw my loss and God has compensated me. And I think it was really quite educative and quite instructive that in each of these two children, Eve, consequently Adam, 
connected them to the Lord. Something they received, something God gave and something they received from the Lord. But what about the name Abel? Now, this is what is intriguing here. What does the name Abel mean? Because Abel was supposed to be the good guy. Abel is not even supposed to be, is the good guy. All right. Is the one that, that the Lord received his sacrifice, which we are going to come to. Okay. But what about the name that Eve, again, by extension, Adam gave to Abel? Do you know that the name Abel <laughs> actually means vapor? And I, I was really, really surprised when I checked this out myself. The name Abel means breath. It means vapor. Wait for it. It actually means vanity. I'm looking at the name. We're not looking at the man Abel. Okay? But we are looking at the name that Eve called that little son that was born, that one day, eight day old boy. And they chose to give him this name, breath, vapor, vanity. In other words, that name, that name means something that is transitory. That name means something that is empty. Wow. Wow. Why did Eve and Adam call Cain Cain? John called Seth said, why exactly did they call Abel, Abel. And I think that is really quite interesting. And the question I'm asking myself is, was this like the case of Benjamin and Jabesh? We are not told, but I think it's unlikely. Let's, let's look at the case of Benjamin and Jabesh because I want to ask myself, was that the same thing that we are witnessing here? We're going to read Genesis and we're going to read the first book of Chronicles to look at the story of Benjamin and the story of Jabesh. Genesis chapter 33, verse 18. And it came to pass as her soul was departing, that is Rachel, for she died. Rachel died while she was given birth to Benjamin. Remember, that is the brother of Joseph. So Rachel actually died in childbirth. But the Bible says that before she died, she called her son Benoni. Benoni. Why? Because it, she, it was a child of sorrow. But Jacob, his father, changed that. Most of us don't know the name Benoni today. Thank God Jacob changed that. And the Bible says that, but his father called him Benjamin. Now, let's go to the story of Jabesh, First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. And Jabesh was more honorable than his brethren. Again, in the case of Jabesh, his mother called his name Jabesh, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. Because I bear him with sorrow, then he called him Jabesh. And you can see the story. Obviously, we know the story of Jabesh, that Jabesh then prayed. In the case of Benjamin, the dad stepped in and changed his name. In the case of Jabesh, his name that the mother called him stuck. But he had to seek the face of God and change the reality of his life. And the question is, we are asking ourselves, could it be the same situation here Why? Eve decided to call Abel, Abel. It is most unlikely because obviously in this particular case, um, at least the Bible did not give us any record of Eve dying in childbirth. She still went on to give birth to many children. Or was it a case of Eve having a sense of what will happen to Abel? Now, this is very, very important. Was it a case of Eve actually having a sense of what happened or what will happen to Abel? Again, we don't know. 
Okay, was it a case of things that were happening around them at that particular point in time? Not necessarily happened to Eve, Eve herself, but things happening around them when they gave birth to Abel. Again, we don't know. The question I'm asking myself is that could they have done better with Abel's name? Now, I'm throwing out a lot of this question. The Bible just didn't give us enough to be able to answer this question. But there's something I want to talk about, talking about the names that we give to our children. Because names are, that are given at birth are not accidental. Yes, it is true that the life of Abel was transitory, <laughs> just like his name actually meant. His life was transistory. His life was like a vapor. His life was as a bread that came out and poof, it is gone. So we need to be very, very careful here because the name that are given to children at birth are not accidental. And we can get into the Bible and look for various examples. For example, we can look at the name when John the Baptist was going to be named. You remember all those stories. His father was dumb. They wanted to call him another name after his father, Zachariah, and the mother said no, because they've had the visit by the, you know, by when Angel visited his father when he was in doing his work as priest, you know, and this is very, very important. So the task of choosing names for our children is holy. We don't just, you know, just spin spin a card or spin a dice and say which, which name comes out of this. No, given names to children, is an holy activity. Parents are tasked by God to give names that communicate who the children are, their potential, their destiny. The names are divinely and prophetically transmitted to the parent by God. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that's going to be something spectacular or, you know, you had a voice. No. But when we give a name, we need to understand that it's saying something about the destiny and about the potential of that child. In other words, names are prophetic and they are supposed to capture, as it were, the essence of the individual, our name should be a key to our soul, okay? The name we call our children are really, really very important. Somebody said that names are like a book, that they tell the story of our journey. They tell the story of our destiny. So it is important that we as parents, that we strive to receive from God the right name for our children. And if you bear a name that is negative, a name that is not complimentary, now you may decide if you have the opportunity to change the name. Like in the case of Benjamin, his name was changed. But in the case of Jabesh, actually Jabesh didn't change the name, but Jabesh changed the influence of the name upon his life. It is very, very important that we are careful the name we give our children and also the name we allow people to give us. And because nowadays it's not only parents that give name to their children. Sometimes people want to give us name. People want to give us name collectively as a group of people. You know, all those people with those type of color, they are ta-ta-ta. You know, all those gender, they are ta-ta-ta. You know, all those people of this particular age, they are ta-ta-ta. No, we can reject that because we only want to believe the report of the Lord. We only want to bear the name that God has given us, the name that brings into our life our prophetic destiny. So this is the reason why I thought it was important for us to look 
at the names that Eve and consequently Adam called these three sons. So we've looked at the meaning of the names Cain, Abel, and Seth. Remember, we are looking at issues that arises from this first section of the book of Genesis chapter 4. So let's go on to the next question. Now, this is specifically related to Adam, no, to Cain and Abel. So this, this next question we are going to look at now, specifically related to Cain and Abel. So the question is, were Cain and Abel twins? And does it really matter? Were they twins? And does it really matter? Okay, now I'm asking that question because it's a question that is out there, but there is also a deeper dimension to this question because this question is actually fueled by other questions like what do we really know about the constitution of Adam's family? And I think that will be important, especially as this story moves forward. So even though we are looking at this question, we're Cain and Abel twins, and we're saying, does that really matter? But I'm saying that that question, at the back of that question are other questions. Number one of those is, what was the constitution of Mr. and Mrs. Adam, <laughs> the first family, number one? Number two is, did Cain and Abel, did they have different fathers? And um, weird as that may be, there are many people out there that actually believe that Cain and Abel were fathered by two different people, even though they were born as twins, you know? So invariably, most people that will want to contend that Cain and Abel were twins, not all of them, many of those people also will want to contend that Cain and Abel have different fathers. The other question that also plug into this is the question of where did Cain get his wife from? And we are going to look at some of this question, but let's let's go back to this question of whether Cain and Abel were twins. Without wasting our time, without wasting our precious time, let's get the answer straight. The Bible did not say that Cain and Abel were twins. Cain and Abel were not twins. The Bible didn't say that they were twins. It is very unlikely that the Bible will be silent on the fact that Cain and Abel were born twins if that was the truth. If it was the truth that Cain and Abel were born twins, the Bible will have told us. Okay, There were only two sets of twins mentioned in the, in the Bible and both of them were in the book of Genesis, you know, the popular one. Obviously, Jacob and Esau, who were born to Isaac and Rebekah, and that is in Genesis chapter 25. And there is a lesser known twist in the Bible, and that is Perez and Zerah. They were born to Tamar. You know Tamar? Tamar was the one that disguised herself, herself sorry, disguised herself as a prostitute and slept with her father-in-law Judah. You know, that's the story you read in Genesis chapter 25. 28. We're not going to go into those stories. I'm just saying that those were the two set of twins that are mentioned for us in the Bible. And I'm saying that it will be very unlikely, especially bearing in mind who Cain and Abel were, it would be very, very unlikely that if Cain and Abel were twins, it would be very unlikely that the Bible would not have told us that. Now, people try to pull 
quite a number of the structure and the grammar of the, you know, record of the Bible to try and prove some of this thing. I'm not going to waste my time doing that. A lot of them are just not right, okay? <laughs> so, and the long-held traditional view is that Abel and Cain were not twins. That is the long-held tradition. And I'm going to read for you a literal translation. I'm going to read from the young literal translation of the Bible of that record of the birth, rather than going into this convoluted thing that people go in to try to prove their case that they were twin. I'm just going to read this young, it's a literal, it's a literal translation of the original, you know, um, Bible. And you can see straight away it does not support this twin theory. So let's just look at that so that it saves us a lot of time. So we're going to read Genesis chapter 4. We read verses 1 and 2 from Young Literal Translation. And the man knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man by Jehovah. And she added to bear his brother, even Abel. And Abel is feeding a flock, and Cain had been servant of the ground. Okay, so it is very, very clear here that Cain and Abel were not born at the same time. They were not twin. okay? The birth of Abel was totally different from the birth of Cain. And over there, he said, Abel started feeding flock after Cain had been tilling the ground. And I'm not going to spend any more time digging into this. It's not just true that <laughs> Adam and Eve, sorry, that Cain and Abel were twins, okay? And the fact is, Adam is the father of both of them, Okay? Adam is the father of both of them. Again, I'm not going to waste my time debating that, all right? We have seen in previous teaching, and a lot of people that want you to feel, feel that they were twin, and then one was fathered by Adam, and the one was fathered by Satan or serpent, a whole lot of that dated back to trying to say that the fruit that if ate, you know, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that it was sex, and we have seen in previous teaching that the fruit, that fruit, it's not sex, okay? <laughs> and the fact that the Bible called Cain, you know, and this is one of the things that some people try to use. And, and this is why we have to be careful. We have to, you know, the Bible says that we must rightly divide the word of truth, okay? And some people will go to First John chapter 3, verse 12, and there is, they call Cain. The Bible says Cain is of the evil one. And people say, you see, Cain was born by the devil, please. The fact that the Bible said Cain is of the evil one in 1 John 3, 12 does not make his physical father Satan or the serpent any more than the same thing that was said of the scribe of Pharisees of Judas Iscariot. All those people, the Bible called them variously sons of the devil, sons of Satan, sons of perdition. The Bible even called some of them the devil. Does that make them also physical children of Satan? No, this, this, these are simple references to their spiritual affiliation rather than physical lineage, okay? They were not twins, and both of them were fathered by Adam. Now, we've gotten that out of the way. There is a question that is more relevant that we want to pay our attention to for the rest of the meaning that we have left in this broadcast today. And that obviously is looking at the constitution of Adam's family, because that is important. Yes, we have, we have, you know, gotten rid of the fact that Cain and Abel were not twins, but how was the family of Adam constituted or more specifically? Now let's, let's hone this question down. More specifically, did Adam and Eve have any other children before Seth? apart 
from Cain and Abel? This is a very important question because, like I said, you're going to feed into the question of where did Cain get his wife from? And obviously, where did Seth get his own wife from? So, so this is not just a question that we are just being flippant about. This is a very important question. And I'm not going to go into that today, but I'm going to tell you the straightforward answer. The straightforward answer is, the Bible didn't tell us straight away, but we are going to use deductive thinking. We are going to compare scripture with scripture. We are going to compare scripture with scripture, and we are going to use deductive thinking. And we are going to say yes that the answer to that question is yes, that Adam and Eve must have had other children before Seth, apart from Cain and Abel. Now you need to come back (laughs) for our next teaching so that we can deductively go through the scripture and see why I was so confident in saying yes, they must have had other children. And most likely, most those children will most likely have been daughters. Okay, so we'll look into that because it is important for us to answer those questions. Yes, I know today we have been answering questions, but these questions are important. Okay, it's important, you know, for us because they are questions that people that don't that 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 confuses people oftentimes that the devil sometimes wants to use to overturn the faith of many. But also some of these questions do help us to understand the trajectory of the story that we are telling. Now, if you are listening to me tonight and you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to. This world is heading towards destruction. Okay? The Bible says that there's no other name that is given among men whereby we might be saved. We are all sinners. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but God loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But God cannot force this on you. He cannot force salvation on you. You have to see your need for it and come to receive it from his son. Come to the Savior today and ask him to be your Lord and Savior. He will come in. He will save you. He will not save you and leave you. He will save you and be with you. Walk the rest of your life on this heart with you. But that is just the tip of the iceberg. When this is all over, you will spend eternity with him in the new heaven and new earth for eternity. Do it today. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.